I remember there was a video a while of, ago of this mum and her daughter in America making a cup of tea. When they put it in the microwave with the milk first, and there was all these English reaction videos to it, and it was so good. Welcome to Ear, Brain, Heart, an experiment in showing up. I'm Mark Stedman, and I'm working to understand how we can use our powers of persuasion for good. As someone who teaches people how to podcast and to feel good about it, I'm fascinated with the way a message can travel, entering through the ear, spending time in the brain where our thoughts mingle with the listeners, and then, by building trust and intimacy, ending up in the heart. I run a podcasting school for social entrepreneurs called Podcode, and today's guest is the reason that this site exists. Simon Batchelor is a marketing mentor and one half of Better, Bolder, Braver, a community of coaches who want to feel less icky about putting themselves out there. Simon encouraged me to make a podcast about podcasting back in the spring of 2021. That podcast turned into a blog, a newsletter and a full curriculum. And speaking of the blog, Simon turned me onto a format for writing which helped me find my flow. So we kicked off by talking about the ways that formulas can make the process easier on us, but also give the reader a sense of comfort. Well, I think there is that element of some bits of marketing are quite formulaic. And it's Mm -hmm. not that you're trying to make something fit a formula because that formula is the winning formula. It's just that sometimes there is a recipe that works and you just have to kind of stick to it in order to make marketing a bit more manageable. Because if you were to approach every blog post as if it was war and peace or your life's work, then you'd never get anything written. Whereas if you've got a series of prompts that are like, well, if you start with this and then you go on to that and then you go on to this, it makes it really easy to read. And people enjoy that format. It's tried and tested and people just seem to like it when you write blog posts in that way and it it means that it works for the people who are detail people who are going to read every single blog you put out every single time they will start to notice it and they start to become familiar with it and it's Mm -hmm. reassuring and they like it but the speed readers are the people who dip in the headlines do the heavy lifting for you like the, the the headings sorry do the heavy lifting all the way down the article and they'll just read the couple of sentences they need to read from that from that post because the structure of it tells them where their bit is for the for the people who are in a hurry there is that one bit at the end which is the objection handling mm-hmm. to, to, to your point at the top of the blog that you raise you know the objection handling is my favorite bit to write in every blog post in, in essence i generally you know sort of super secret insight i normally write the headline first and the kind of catch at the top, which is that this is the thing I want to talk to you about. And then the next thing I generally write is the objection handling. Mm. I normally skip down to that bit because that just comes to mind straight away. Because I imagine I'm talking to someone and they're like, yeah, but what about Moomin in it? And I'm just like, ah, so that's the bit I go and write straight away. And then I go back and fill the rest in. I, I don't want to sort of give away the, the whole formula because people should, you know, come and, and speak to you to, uh, to to discuss it. But once you sort of get settled and I think once you can remove what feels like a lot of opacity from marketing, I think that's, that's one of the, the big issues is like so many things can feel opaque and kind of 
just just a mystery and like a black box and and kind of magic like people know how to do marketing in this sort of you know almost ethereal way it's just like people have this gift of marketing whereas no it's it's stuff you can learn right yeah and i think at the at the sort of basic level of what we do is exactly that we're saying to people marketing isn't a magic box marketing isn't magic beans it's not a magic formula it's six things you need to do and you need to do them in that order and then it works and keep doing them yeah it it is something you need to repeat and it's something you need to keep doing and working on because your business and more importantly your clients evolve and change so that's why the process you do need to work through it more than once you don't you don't ever do marketing like you never complete marketing <laughs> i've it? done all the marketing yes, exactly today this week i completed marketing so now i can move on to you know it's, it's something that's always going but if you work through the simple principles of marketing that in the right order then it works and i think what many people get tripped up with and is really the reason why better bolder braver exists in the form it does now is because when we were in the agency we had so many people coming to us saying you know, I want to do all this stuff. And then us going, yeah, but that's great, but you haven't done the basics. Mm. And it was a business coach we were working with at the time. It was like, well, if you know these basics, like I don't know that from your website, there's no videos, there's no blogs on that. So why don't you write this down? Like people need to know this. And he's like, and then you can give it to the clients to say, okay, great. Yeah, you want to do stage number five of marketing. That's cool. But you haven't done one, two, three, and four. So as much as we'd love to take your money to do number five, we can't do that until you've done number one, two, three, four. So in creating that and teaching that, that's where I go. That's where I came to learn that that's what I really enjoyed doing. And actually that is what I wanted to do more of because me and Ben had tried growing our agency and we scaled it up to eight people in 2015. We had eight full-time team. It's a big business. You know, there was lots of, lots of work flowing around and then, it, it just didn't work. Just all of a sudden, the whole thing, just the wheels fell off the car, basically. It was just not working. It was stressful. Uh, me and Ben were burning out. We were doing too much. We'd overstretched ourselves. So we had to make the incredibly difficult decision to scale back the agency right back to just me and Ben. So we went from eight to just me and Ben, um, which is a really hard, but everybody who who was part of that process was absolutely fantastic and very understanding and and we couldn't have done that downsizing without them um we still see a lot of them because we did this into just a, a tiny city in the uk where everyone knows everyone so we still see most of them like most weeks any awkward conversations no not really it's, it's the opposite in fact yeah. it, it enabled two of them to go off and start their own agency you know one of them went freelance and then got a really great in-house gig doing the stuff he loves doing and you know as as they say, the, the end of something is the beginning of the next thing, right? And it's just helping people move between those two things without stitching them up, I think, is is the thing. So that's what we did. But what we then realised is we we needed to do something new. We needed to change it because we realised that the aim of running an agency isn't, for us anyway, isn't to grow a bigger agency. In fact, if anything, we wanted to do the opposite of that. We wanted mm -hmm. to not grow an agency. So we essentially created a studio where you come to us and we assemble a team to do a project and then we release it. And this is something I heard on a podcast the other day, actually, with someone saying the difference between an agency and a studio. 
and I think studio describes what we do. It's like a film studio, isn't it? You know, they mm. hire a director, they hire a camera person, sound people, actors. One comes in, they make a movie, and then they release it. It's done. The studio still exists, but the project is done. So that's really what we're doing now. We've got a team of freelancers. We call upon the best talent we know to do the project, and then the project goes. So I like the idea that whether it's you in, you know, walking around Chichester or whatever, sort of uh, turning up uh, at like a, a mechanic you know he's he's there under a car and then you, you know he he winches himself out from under the car and he looks at you and he's like you son of a bitch i'm back in you know <laughs> one last heist yeah exactly yeah yeah just when i thought i was out <laughs> they pulled me back in yeah exactly <laughs> you've had cuz we we chatted uh, a, a while ago and you revealed that you like you know the audio space probably well no definitely more than i do in terms of like actually making audio and stuff because that's what you did a lot of what made you get into as much as i'm not like necessarily the sort of let's do the whole life story guy what made you make that move into marketing so I actually started the marketing agency before I got into sound, weirdly. Ah. So I met Ben in a pub one day and we were playing. We were stood next to a pool table with a group of two groups of friends. He was in one group of friends, I was in another. And they, we, we were like playing each other in a friendly whatever pool. Anyway, it got to me and Ben playing. We were the last to play. Everyone else was really drunk. And I was like, do you know how to play pool? And he's like, no. I was like, do you want to just not play pool and have a beer? And he's like, yeah, all right. So we got talking and then... We realised that I played drums, he played bass, so we agreed to meet up and jam and just play some Rage against machine covers, So, which we did in a scout hut. We put our earplugs in, turned everything up to 11 and just went for it. Beautiful. And um, this other guy he knew, Mike, who actually went on to be in a very good band. He was way better than me and Ben. But anyway, we just jammed for weeks and months. And, and anyway, long story short, his current, his then employer said to him, hey, you know a bit about computers, can you build me a website? So we, we chatted about it, we said yes. And then he's like, but I'm going to need an invoice. So this was back in 2003. So you couldn't Google, how do you make an invoice? Because yeah. that wasn't yeah. a thing that Google did back then. There might have been a Microsoft Word template or something. Yeah, I th in fact, I think there probably was at the time, <laughs> but we were like, yeah, but we need to put a name on it. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, what do you put on it? Anyway... We went to an accountant, we set up a company, we accidentally started an agency in the sense that we suddenly found ourselves with a limited company with two directors and we were just like, mm, better make some websites then. So we, we just started making websites. Um, anyway, I then decided that I wanted to go off and do more around music and music tech. So I went to London and studied there, got to London, started studying music tech at uni, very quickly realised that was not my calling. Um, I can't read music very well, you know, hence the drummer. Um, <laughs> I, I used to, to read drum music mm -hmm. fairly badly, but I could do it. Anyway, I realised I was in a class of very talented people, but one of the modules at uni was post-production sound. And um, they gave us a silent, like a clip that they'd taken all the film sound off of and just said, make that sound like oh, a film. fun. And it was, I can't remember what the name of the film was, but it was essentially two people running through the trenches with planes going over the top and then it all went quiet and then this bell rang and then they had to run across no man's land. And it was silent, so we had to make all of that. Anyway, I spent 
days and days and days in there just really getting into it and they had a surround sound mixing suite so it was all in surround as well and I loved it. Anyway, I handed it in and the lecturer was, just said, you're basically the only person who's ever spent this long on this. <laughs> Everybody else basically skips this to get back to the music. So I think you've found what you're really good at and I think you should lean into that because, mm. you know, no offence, but that's not your strongest suite, but this really is. So anyway, they hooked me up with some work experience at a post-production company in Soho and I've, I, well, basically I got a job there and uh, I had to earn my, earn my keep as a runner. So yep. I did, a, I did production running on the entire series of Big Brother up at Elstree Film Studios, oh, wow. which was mind numbing, <laughs> um, awful, uh, you know, a lot of respect for the crew, but sure. that's about it. Yeah. And, um, it was an insight. I learned so much because I was on night shift. So I was hanging around with all the camera people and got to play with all the camera jibs and mm -hmm. the, it, I, the editors and the director and the script writers and the, ed and the script editors. And oh, that sounds great. I was doing mind-numbing work, but it was night shift yeah. and nothing happens. They were asleep. Yeah. So I basically just made the occasional coffee and just nerded out. For Anyway, and then I got a job in Soho and then I was working on rogue traders, cash in the attic, you know, TV gold. The, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 move to the country, Spain. The stuff we dream of. Oh, yeah. You know, putting putting zero seven under DIY sequences was my speciality <laughs> for many years. <laughs> and then after a few years of this, it was a lot of night shift work again. I was uh, doing a series called uh, Trevor McDonald's Secret Caribbean. But there was a scene with a beach and he was walking up the beach and the waves weren't very loud and they wanted more waves. So I was there sinking waves in behind Trevor. And I was thinking, who's the mug here? I'm sat here at 3am in a basement in Soho putting waves on a beach in the Caribbean. But I could have been on a beach in the Caribbean recording the waves. <laughs> so, That's cruel. Yeah. yeah. So I then decided I'm going to switch to being outside rather than inside. So I bought a load of sound recording kit. Um, I basically found someone who was studying, a friend of mine was studying location sound recording at the Film School of London. And he, we were working on a short film together. So basically, I, he'd get hammered on the Friday after college. And then the weekend, we were shooting the short film for about six months. And I would go at the weekend and basically just learn everything he'd learned that week. Oh, so I basically got the tuition for free. Um, thanks, Francis, if you ever <laughs> listen to this. So I learned it that way and then spent the next six years doing film and TV commercials. Well, doing a lot of films, documentaries, TV commercials, that kind of thing. Lots of corporate video. Mm -hmm. And yeah, had a wonderful time. Went to some brilliant places, met some amazing people. And that was my sort of journey into sound, I guess. Um, this is a sorry. I've, yes, I've, this I is a journey into yeah. sound. This yeah, is I a journey that. into sound. Exactly. Stereophonic sound. <laughs> and then I got a little bit, I guess the sort of fun went out of that a bit. The wind went out of the sails, I think. Um, there's only so many times you can listen to corporate talking heads before you're just like, I am done with this. Mm -hmm. And then the agency sort of scaled up to around 2015. And then, yeah, it, the, as I said, yeah, that that's mm -hmm. when those two storylines collide. Mm. And that forced me to sort of reassess what I wanted to do. And that's when this business coach said to us, well, you seem to like the bit where you talk to clients and give them the ideas. So, and that was, I guess, the start of the journey that brought us to where we are with Better, Bolder, Braver. I love how much 
I don't know if it's serendipity or if it's accidents, like happy, which kind of what serendipity is really, but the the sort of happy accident of uh, that that coach say you know that saying to you. You, you know, you should have this this content somewhere because we don't know. The moment of you sat in this surround sound booth and, you know, an Electra saying, it looks like this is the, the sort of thing that seems to interest you. There's a, a real lovely thing here, which these chance moments, the, the chance moment of you saying, you should maybe think about making a podcast about podcasting or, mm. or you know, these kind of... And I, I love that there's a uh, quite a few of those moments that sort of it's these little not necessarily forks in the road but little bends that that mm. could so easily have not happened. Yeah, I'd completely agree with that. Um, it's, yeah, there's moments where you're presented with an opportunity, and it doesn't necessarily look like an opportunity. It's just someone says something that gets your brain thinking in a different way, and I think I've always. I've always been inspired by that and I've always been incredibly grateful to people who've said that to me. So I always try and say it wherever I can to other people. And I think that's what this business coach latched onto was like, you know, if you really enjoy doing this, you should probably do some more of it. And I think as you've pointed out, like the last time someone said that to me, it was like, well, I spent almost 15 years in that industry, in that career. So it was worth doing. So I guess, yeah, in that sense, maybe the the link there is that i'm sort of extending that out in in some of the conversations i have and some of the work we do yeah sort of paying paying it forward or or paying it back or just allowing Mm. that serendipity to spread and um yeah because there's 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 nothing like the project that that comes along completely unexpectedly that that then ends up being really fun i you know i didn't think i'd have so much fun ostensibly doing what everybody else in my industry does like everybody in my industry has got a podcast about podcasting um but i didn't think i'd have so much fun doing it and 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 end up really not doing that but actually focusing on the writing and and that being able to draw attention and yeah it's it's these things that just so easily couldn't have happened i think are, are, are lovely things to sort of to try and i don't know just just be, be grateful for i guess mm, yeah completely because there's you know, sometimes it is just that thing that someone says or that opportunity that someone extends to you that you don't know is coming. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's that thing between it being luck or it being opportunity. Mm-hmm. And some people put it down to luck and they sort of rely on luck quite a lot. But I think I've done quite a bit of thinking and work over many years of realising that actually isn't luck at all there is really no luck in it it's either you lean into something and you say yeah you embrace it and you think yes yeah, give it a go take a chance and that chance is is you committing to it it's you opening yourself up to things that are being presented to you and sometimes they work out and sometimes they don't you know i mean i've got involved in projects before that have been less than ideal let's just say that you know (laughs) and you're just like oh this is a drag and you can feel it you're in there like Mm -hmm. two days in and you're like this is not what i thought it was going to be but we're committed now so i'm in and then other times someone will say hey do you fancy a coffee and talk about this project and you're like okay and you turn up and it's like this is literally the best job that has ever existed and i get it (laughs) yes i am in For many years, I I didn't like being in front of the camera at all. 
um, hence working behind the camera for many years. And I really didn't have any confidence in speaking in front of people at all. Mm. And that same business coach who said, you need to put this out there, I was immediately like, oh, no, 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 I can't do that. No, 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 me, no one wants to hear what I've got to say, et cetera, et cetera. And he was, so the next session he came back and he went, right, well, I've booked you um, a presentation in front of 50 people. So you're going to have to write something because you're going to let me down if you don't. <laughs> wow. Hello, Deep End. I was like, woo, okay, fine. And he's like, this is all right. They're all small businesses. They're all, they're all your customers. So they all really want to hear what you've got to say. And um, yeah, it was great. He actually booked me and Ben on that stage and Ben absolutely hated it and I really liked it <laughs> hence why you now see me doing all this stuff and Ben's just still not not up for it but mm. I think that's what it showed us is like you don't have to both be doing everything you know and that that's cool so the video side of things I think now is something that I think for a long time I, I had put a very high bar on video um, I've seen other people who are in the happy let, let, let's let's I'll, I'll name them because it's wonderful so nick hemovitz in the happy startup school um, i met nick years ago through happy startup school and he's now you know a successful world famous youtuber um but his channel is so well done mm. and his lighting's great and his camera's good and his videos he was spending loads of time on and it was just his production values were so good and i was looking at that thinking Oof, if that's the bar for youtube then uh, yowzers Ooh. i do not have that in me um and then i think i suddenly just thought you know what we, everyone's got to start somewhere so i was like got the webcam on the computer got the microphone that i'm speaking into now opened up QuickTime, and just hit record file new here we go done yeah and welcome to youtube and it was all right <laughs> you know it was it worked and yeah they're not amazing videos they're very static and they're very still and there's not much energy to them but they were videos and then only in the last month or so have i really sort of found a bit of creativity and i think it's just having the space to do that mm. in in the, the the sort of work and just where we're at with the business is just actually having space to be a bit more creative and having some time to to do that and i've really enjoyed it exactly yeah so I think in the terms of watch, read, listen, do, the kind of the read bit is interesting because um, I'm dyslexic. So writing is not my natural go-to. I think, to be honest, the only reason I'm able to put something out to the world is because of Grammarly, but um, mm. that has <laughs> saved the day on many occasions. So I guess a little bit of reading has certainly been quite an interesting process for me, as in like writing, mm -hmm. but the read in your list. Um, I do love doing podcast and audio recording. Um, we obviously, me and Francis host a conversational podcast, a weekly one, which we host on Crowdcast. So it's video and audio at the same time. But, um, yeah, I do like the conversation side of it, but there is part of me that still likes that kind of like, let me tell you a story about, you know, I really like that. I've been listening to a lot of the Seth Godin podcast is uh, akimbo, mm -hmm. um, and they, I, I do like those. They are, they're really good. So I'm kind of toying with some ideas around that at the moment. Mm. Um, I recently made a jump into TikTok. Mm, nice. And I've been finding it surprisingly fun. 
um, to create content for that platform. And I, it's it's interesting that we, we could probably get into this idea of permission, um, mm. feeling that you have permission to enter a space. Um, and it wasn't until I saw Martin Lewis, the money-saving expert, do a pretty good TikTok. It was it wasn't you know he wasn't using uh, trap music um, and and doing the green screen effect where his head's bouncing all over the place. Um, he was just delivering a useful piece of information uh, to an audience and saying the you know, whatever uh, heating bills are about to go up. Mm. Here's a thing you can do, but you know, nice and short and. It just made me think. Oh wow! If if that like if that counts, if that's okay, if TikTok allows that, and by TikTok I mean the community, because of the way the algorithm works, if enough people are viewing this, watching it, then it will be served to more people. And so, the fact that we're allowed to make content like that um, made me think. Okay, well, what can I do? And you know, I, I I went and took my my gimbal and my my phone and um, recorded something which was going to be for LinkedIn uh, a couple of weeks ago, and you know just wandered out in some in some local woodland um, and and did my thing. Then came back and edited it down for LinkedIn, and then sort of made a shorter version for TikTok. And it was just one of those. I just thought, why not? And hmm. I didn't have a terrible experience. I wasn't laughed out of TikTok. Um, I got comments from people uh, saying that they like my voice, which was nice. Um, nice. And uh, and and now I'm just I'm being more playful in a way that uh, I haven't before. Like I'm playing with doing fun little green screen effects. I will spend maybe 15 minutes on one and a second one second transition because it just looks, you know, uh, a bit fun to be able to do this this particular thing and pop it on TikTok and then there's things that you can think about in terms of looping content ways that, you know, uh, chefs do this now where they'll start with the end product, you know, pulling apart the piece of chicken yeah. or whatever. Then go from the beginning and then, you know, you can watch it in a loop. And and being able to play and and think and but also, I think that that idea of because you you must get this a lot with helping people feel kind of less icky about marketing. How do you deal with people who feel? Because I I get it a little bit as well. I help people with this. That feeling of like I don't know if it's safe for me to enter this space. I don't know if I'm going to be laughed out of town or whatever. How do you work with people to sort of help them get get over that? It's a really interesting point. And I think for me, when someone comes to me and says, hey, I'm thinking of doing this thing, but I don't know. There's, there's, there's generally a couple of viewpoints they've got. Viewpoint A is I don't have anything to say about that that people would want to listen to. Mm. B, it's that my client already knows this. So I'm just going to be saying the same thing as everybody else. They already know this. And C is... Well, I don't see anybody else doing this in this space. Uh, so yeah. therefore, this isn't suitable for this. Mm. So I think those are the three places I see people come from. So the first one, A, which was, you know, nobody wants to hear what I've got to say, essentially. That is a very common misconception and is pla platform agnostic. <laughs> I, you know, no one wants to read my blog. No one wants to watch my TikToks. No one wants to follow me on Instagram. No one wants to read my Medium. Fair enough. But 
actually, it's the opposite of that. People do want to read that. People do want to read you explaining the who, what, why and marketing five different times, five different ways. Because people need to understand it in different ways and it will land with different people at different times. And also, your clients don't know what you know. Otherwise, they wouldn't need you. They don't have your experience. They're not you. Otherwise, they wouldn't need you. You know, the fact that people are out there looking for people to guide them through problems, feelings, experiences and ideas is because that's what they're looking for that guide, aren't they? So when they look for that guide, that's when you can say to someone, you know, people do need to know that. You know, as, as, as we've already discussed, that business coach saying to me, actually, Simon, yeah, people need to know this. People don't, people don't know what you're saying. People don't know what's in your head. And just the way you articulate it, you know, like you making your podcast about making podcasts. And now we're on a podcast talking about your podcast about making podcasts. It's like... <laughs> For careful, yeah. everybody's phones are going to fold in on them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like... But that the way you articulate it, the way you describe it is what people show up for. It's what people come back for. It's like, oh, Mark's talking about mics. I've always wanted to know about microphones. Mm. So that's how you put a microphone near your face to sound good. I did not know that. You know, but extensibly, you could argue that the episode that you've made about how making your voice sound good and where to place a microphone is completely unnecessary. No one needs that episode. There are probably a million, I would argue, over a million uh, videos on YouTube about where to, how to do that. But people have watched yours. People come back to yours. People have hit the subscribe button after watching yours because <laughs> of the way you talk about it. And that is exactly it, isn't it? It's that the way you describe it, the feeling you give people, the confidence that is instilled with people as they listen to what you're saying is why people want to hear you and they want to come back for more of you. And that gets us to the Netflix of you. Exactly, exactly. So it's that thing of like, once I've watched two or three of your videos or anyone's videos, I think, do you know what? I reckon this person knows more about this than they're letting on. I want to know everything they know and I need to know that now. And the detail people will binge watch you. You know, people say, oh, no one has any attention. It's like, not true. I know people who've watched all of Ozark in a weekend. <laughs> people have attention. People have time. People have yeah. so much free time that they can watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> like, all of it. I mean, arguably, that is... That is I mean, The Wire. Do you remember that? that? That was the original version of that. That's, oh, my God. I mean, incredible TV, but people have time. I mean, it's what they choose to do with their time. So if you can get someone to say, hey, I like the way you spoke about that, I'm going to come back for more. So I still subscribe to quite a few YouTube channels. And on my phone every now and then, my phone decides that I haven't picked it up in 30 seconds. And it goes, hey, so-and-so from past you subscribing has released a video. And I'm like, hmm, I watch that. You know, I watched a 16-minute video of um, Tom Scott. Of course it's like Tom coffee. Scott. I was hoping you were going to say Tom Scott. Of, that guy's amazing. Of Tom Scott and the coffee man showing Tom Scott all about coffee. And it's incredible. And I sat there and watched all 16 minutes of it. But yeah, I'm busy and I've got, no, you know, I've got no time. But yeah, I can also do that. And every time Tom Scott makes a video about a firing range that goes over a motorway or, you know, why this cave has robot dogs in it or something, you know, I'm there. And or this, what, what about the, the titles, uh, the title sequence of the, uh, oh. the ITV show It'll Be All Right on the Night? <laughs> Unbelievable. And th but I, I've got so much time for that level of nerdery yes and i challenge anybody to watch that video 
and then tell me that no one is interested in what they've got to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, absolutely. If you can, if you can watch half an hour, because it is half an hour of a man walking up a hill. <laughs> Yep. And telling you about a show by Dennis Norden called It'll Be Alright on the Night, which has only ever been on TV about 12 times because they yeah. don't make very many episodes. And, and yes. they're not recorded and you can't look that show up. No. And also, the other thing is, it's not... The, 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 that's half an, the half an hour isn't about the show. It's just no. about the titles no. of the show. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then, and then you look at how it's had millions of views. Yeah. I think. I yeah. hope so. And it's not, be yeah, I think so. And it's not because it's Tom Scott is, you know. Um, I think, I think, if I had to describe Tom Scott, I would say he's that person that you met in that pub one time where you thought you were going to have one pint, and mm -hmm. six pints later, you're still talking. Yes. But you, and and you're like, how have we got to? It's, it's, it's midnight. Oh, I've got to go. Yeah. That's Tom Scott. So this is episode one of Ear, Brain, Heart, and this is our little moment now to sort of get ourselves acquainted. Um, if you don't know who I am, uh, my name's Mark. Hi. I started making podcasts in around 2008. Uh, I used to get paid in beer uh, to do that, and now I get paid in actual money. In 2016, I started a media hosting company, and that's one part of the podcasting stack that handles a lot of the, the tech, my background. Uh, I studied radio at university, married that up with internet stuff, and got a job mostly just doing internet stuff until 2016, where I, I was able to to bring back the the radio that I loved, and uh, and so uh, I sold that business uh, in the spring of 2021, and I now focus on getting people through the podcasting process, um, guiding them through it, and helping them sort of feel better about the process as well. Um, I'm interested in this ear, brain, heart journey, this idea that a message travels from the ear where it sits there for a minute, goes into the brain where we digest it and it mingles with those thoughts, uh, the, the thoughts of our listener, and then through consistency, through through just showing up, through building trust, using intimacy, the power of our voice, all of these things come together to take that message from the brain into the heart. And, and it takes you into people's hearts and that's what it's it's a it's an old idea about radio how we feel like we have this connection to the DJs that we used to listen to because we're connected by that voice now you'll hear from other people who are helping me and who have something to say along the ear brain heart journey uh, including next week uh, my guest is Frances Kalaschi who is the other half of Better Bolder Braver uh, we're going to touch on some of the more human aspects of the marketing uh, journey, if you like, and what I tend to think of as the squishy stuff. If you want your phone to tell you when that episode is ready, then you can head to earbrainheart.com. And while you're there, uh, you'll see a form at the bottom of the page for my newsletter, which I can highly recommend. It comes out every Thursday. It's very short, and it's just a collection of useful links for you. Um, Within that newsletter and within my site uh, in general, I talk about podcasting from the perspective of busy people who want to use their voice to affect change, but also it's three o'clock and you've got to pick the kids up. Like there's a whole life that you've got <laughs> around this stuff. So we don't obsess about this particular mic and this adapter that helps your mic work in these seconds. No, no one cares, right? You're busy. You want 
you want to make a podcast, you care about it, but there are other interests that also demand your time. So uh, yeah, earbrainheart.com is is a great place to start. Um, now, links to everything that we, uh, Simon and I, discussed today uh, are in the show notes. So if you look at your phone, the podcast player that you're using right now, or on the website, you will find uh, links to, to everything that, that we chatted about, including Simon and Better Bold Depraver. Uh, so let's head back into uh, our conversation, where I asked Simon all about how we create content for different learning styles. So what we listen do is the concept that people digest content in different ways with different formats. So, for example, some people are readers, they're detailed readers, and they learn by reading. So some people will see a 10-minute read blog and think, hoo-hoo, I'm in, dive straight in, rub their hands, you know, have a coffee, whatever, sit there and read it, and that is them. They're readers. Some people can read very fast. This surprised me, amazed me how fast some people can read. As someone who's dyslexic, I'm the opposite of that. Reading, to me, is quite hard work. It's not something I lean into. If it's longer than about four paragraphs, mm, I, need a, I need a TLDR at the bottom of what that's all about. So, for me, I prefer to either listen or watch my content. So immediately we've discovered that if all I was to do in my marketing was to write a blog, people like me wouldn't be that engaged. So mm -hmm. you're already missing me. However, if I was to simply take my blog and read it, record it, you know, using into your podcast software, into Descript, into QuickTime, voice note, whatever it is, and put it out as a podcast episode, in that blog you could say, this this episode is this this blog is also available as a podcast episode. People like me would be like, "Oh, right, okay, I'm in." Thank God for that. Yeah, I can now click play and I can do the washing up. I can do the gardening. I can do whatever I want to do whilst listening to you read your blog at me. Great, this is fantastic. Some people really absorb information visually. So for me, I'm very much that type of person. I can remember things that happened in video or live for years and years to come. You know, I can remember gigs and comedy sketches and things that really entertained me. That information to me just goes in. However, I don't always remember what I've read. So if you can turn what you're reading into something you can watch, then again, you've got another format. And that doesn't have to be you talking to camera. It doesn't have to be you doing a perfect... TV presenter walk and talk that ends with a rocket launching in the background to the moon. You know, it doesn't have to be that level of precise, amazing camera work. You can just have a discussion. So like me and Francis do, where we host the Monday Masterclasses, where we have someone else on. That is a video of us having a discussion that we then put out on YouTube, and we also put it on our podcast. Mm -hmm. So we've got that extra format. And then the do element of watch, read, listen, do is the final sort of wrapper around it. So that's either inviting someone to do something. So you might say to someone, hey, I'd like you to consider this from a different angle. So I might say in this podcast, well, if you're writing a blog, I would ask, I, I would say, well, how much extra time would it take you to record that as a podcast episode? And also, what's stopping you from doing that? Those two questions are the do. Mm. It's making you do something. It's making you think about something. The other thing I could say is, 
Well, if you'd like to learn more about this, I've got a checklist on my website and you can go through that checklist so you can do that thing. So I can invite someone to go and do something. Um, for some people, that is an exercise. It could be a breathing exercise. It could be a physical exercise that you're doing, some stretching, whatever. You know, it, it can be kinetic learning. Um, it's obviously harder to do if you rely on an actual physical thing for mm. someone to have to do the learning, but it doesn't have to be that. It can just be go and do this thing, or even thinking is a doing in this context. So essentially, it's taking that one thing and turning it into four things. Yeah, and I, I guess one of those those do's could be, you know, like just sitting and sketching something out mm. or sitting and like actually with a pen and paper sort of writing or doodling an idea because you're still, I guess, engaging that part of the brain that feels like it is, you know, taking action and doing a thing. Yes, exactly, yeah. And it's it, it's part of the trying to get people to do things or consider things in different ways. So like in our training course, it's not always write this down. Sometimes it's get on a call with someone and talk to them about this, or it's draw this out, sketch out the first thing that comes into mind, you know, visualize your process as a line. Mm. Shape is that line. And people, it's like, whoa, what? <laughs> you know, it just gets people thinking completely differently. And if you, if you can kind of embrace that in your marketing, then it really helps, especially when we're talking about marketing for coaches, because what you're trying to get people to do when you're doing marketing for coaches is just to consider their current situation or their lived experience in a slightly different way. Join up some concepts, join up some ideas to a point where they think, do you know what? I think actually I might like to do something about this. I might want to, I, I, I want to change this, how I feel, how I think, how I am about this. And therefore they then go looking for a way to do that. And at that point you'll then able to present what you do as a potential solution to that and when you when you do marketing in that way having watch read listen do really helps because you're inviting people to watch this thing to listen to this to read that to do this and it just helps to get people moving and thinking and you know considering those different perspectives and ideas completely and i think one of the things that i like about the 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 concept is that each person can have a different starting point from the point of view of creating that content. Um, you know, this begins its life as a conversation and it will be transcribed and there will be show notes and there will be links and things uh, and it will be an audio file, but it's it's begun its life as a piece of spoken content. Whereas the blog posts that I write, I like, I actually now enjoy that process of starting from the written word and then I will go in and, and I will sit and record them. And so that, you know, is a, is a separate piece. And then there's, you know, it might be, in fact, weirdly enough, the uh, the TikTok video, it started its life as a as an idea for TikTok. The, the last one I did, which was um, I, I had on a sleepless night um, of like what other what what's it cost to make a podcast what are the what are all of the things you need and how much do they cost in in equivalents that we can understand of like a night out or a takeaway or a netflix mm -hmm. subscription or an uber um and so it started its life in short form video and then i thought well i want the the viewer to go somewhere after this and so i don't want to point them to my program i don't want to do that kind of sell i want to be able to say there's i've given you the price tags if you want the products 
They're not affiliate, well, some of them are affiliate links, but like more to the point, if you want these products, if you want to know what they are, follow this link. And so then mm. I needed a blog post or I needed a page to support it. So it's like, okay, now I've got a blog post. Um, and then I thought, well, if I'm doing the blog post anyway, I may as well just sit and take the extra five minutes and sit and record it. So now of this this video, that's, you know, it, it conceived its life as a, as a video. Um, it, it's now gone into the blog post and a podcast episode. So that helps people who think in different ways, but it doesn't necessarily mean that every piece of content is always going to start from the same Genesis point. Um, yeah. You know, it, it really can come from the idea. It might be that you have a checklist and then you start to build everything around that checklist. Yeah, and I think also the other thing to say is that what you've said there is really clever because it's it's like you start at the point that feels right for you. And some ideas are going to be like, I've made this video, as you say, and then it ended up as a blog post. Other times it's going to be the other way around. And sometimes you're going to get a blog and you're just like, this isn't going to work as a podcast. This isn't going to work as a video because I can't be in a volcano juggling mm-hmm. like, I'm so, like I'm talking about in the blog. It's not going mm-hmm. to work. So that's all right. If, if one bit of content is only a blog, that's cool. It doesn't have to be, but at least you've considered it. And what I think we try and do is use it as a way to inspire people to say, well, actually, you know what, if you're just happy with writing at the moment, you're missing a whole load of people out there. So just consider it. Yeah. Or if you're like, do you know what, you've, you've got all these amazing podcasts, but actually, you know, Google doesn't yet very well search podcasts. So all of these how to do blah, 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 it's a great search term on Spotify or in Apple Music or Apple Podcasts. That's great. But Google... You could be all over that as well. It's like, oh, yeah, of course. It's just you can you can cover a lot of bases, and sometimes it feels like people have got some absolute gold in their blog that would make incredible YouTube videos or great podcasts. And it's just about, I guess, giving them that that kind of reassurance that actually, yeah, you should you should give this a go. You should get out there and and you know put it out there and see what happens. And also, I think the idea that that helps me also is or maybe help help others is if you can view it from the idea of the service that you're doing for others because yes you start with this idea of and and it's come through text and you might feel uh a bit shy about putting yourself out there in voice or in uh in video form that might make you feel vulnerable um but uh, one thing to bear in mind is that this is an invitation for you to be of, to be of service to people because yes you've got this blog post but now you actually get to help people digest it in in other ways it's not about pushing your stuff onto other people it's about saying well I've written this thing I'm now making it more accessible to you if you want it um and and yeah that's that's a, a uh, I always like to try and come back to service I, I think mm. because it it can it can help sometimes when you're like oh actually this is a gift it's it's not I'm not trying to foist foist this or myself on you I am mm. inviting you to you know to find this uh, useful yeah and I think some of the other things you can do is just invite people to share it yeah that can be the do yeah. you know if this has got you thinking want to send it to someone else who you think might enjoy it that's enough of a do sometimes yeah or you can say I mean I, I often use the thing I wrote a blog about this so check out the blog mm-hmm. like you know that's as much as i'm gonna say about it it's like here's a hit this this video is a summary of the blog if you really want to get deep here then there's a big blog about it but then conversely on the blog i'm saying you know if you're not a reading person there's a short video version of this 
you've you've given me and and the listener a lot to think about. Where should people go to uh, watch, read, listen, and do uh, the things that you have to offer us? So, if people want to find out more about the work we do, uh, the best place to go is to betterbolderbraver.com. You can also search for me on LinkedIn. If you type in Simon Bachelor Marketing Mentor, that will work. And uh, links to everything are in the show notes as well. Of so, course, um, yeah. yeah. So always. you can then find <laughs> all of those links. If you're, if you're inclined to uh, click and connect on LinkedIn, that'd be great. Um, and my YouTube channel as well. If you want to see some of the videos that I've been talking about uh, in, in the episode, that would, also, that would also be great as well. Simon, thank you very much for uh, being um, my guinea pig on this uh, on this new experiment. I uh, really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs>